Yes, welcome in the Chief Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Farzine Vesugian. As always, I appreciate you guys downloading and listening to the Chief Zone Podcast. You can do so by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. You guys can also listen to the podcast on my website, farzinevesugian.com, as well as my YouTube page. And if you guys want to interact with me, you can do so on social media, facebook.com slash farzinevesugian. Give my Facebook page a like, interact with me on there. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. If you guys want to email me, it's Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. A lot to talk about on this edition of the Chiefs on Podcast. It's been a fairly, relatively quiet offseason for the Chiefs, but that doesn't mean nothing's happened yet. Some former Chiefs have been making the news. A couple of Chiefs who have been recently let go or have moved on. They've been making news lately, and the Chiefs themselves, they've been making a couple of moves uh, to try to better this football team for 2017, and we'll talk about all of that in just a moment. I do want to touch on one thing, because I know right now uh, a couple of college basketball games have finished, the first round's over, and I mean, I mean, this is this is the, this is the big time. People are saying it's the most exciting postseason in sports and I would have to agree with that uh, everything that goes into this 68 team tournament uh, 64 68 however you want to say it, it is 68 now but I, I was at the big 12 tournament last week for the semi semifinals uh, first game uh, a fairly boring one between Iowa State and TCU the second matchup between West Virginia and K-State uh, definitely a great one I, I want to touch on this for one second because a lot of guys listening are from Kansas City. And every time I go to, to an event at the Sprint Center, this just this does cross my mind. And I think what Kansas City has downtown is a really special place. By the way, I've been to several events at the Sprint Center. I, I've been to some of the big concerts, you know, Kanye West and, and Jay-Z. I know as far as big concerts that have happened downtown uh, I know Taylor Swift performed back-to-back nights and I know I, I, working downtown uh, at the time when I was with the Kansas City Star I remember Justin Bieber performed there and I was on my way out of work at the same time that concert ended and it's incredible how all these 10 year old Bieber fans don't know how to properly cross the street I saw a lot of people almost get run over a lot of little girls get run over but but that's besides the point I, I mean I think those are some of the big turnouts we've seen concert wise sporting events uh, I, I know the UFC as you guys know I'm pretty excited about that that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks uh, but what I'm trying to get at here is Kansas City has something special downtown and when I was there for the Big 12 tournament on Friday I have never seen downtown that path before and I understand not everybody was there for the actual game at the Sprint Center a lot of people were hanging out downtown just across the street at Power and Light and by the way I gotta give props to West Virginia fans I said this on Twitter I was really impressed at how many West Virginia fans showed up in West Virginia a great institution athletic wise and to me this is a this is a school their fans obviously showed up and very deserving too they made it to the finals I just wish geographically it would it would be better for them. But that makes it better for Kansas City. I think a lot of West Virginia fans, and I understand it's spring break time, a lot of people 
they're willing to drive up from Iowa State or Texas or maybe fly out from West Virginia to uh, to see the Big 12 tournament, to see their team or just hang out and enjoy the scene downtown. I know that the Sprint Center is heavily, it's concert based, it really is. Outside of an NBA and NHL preseason game, uh, college basketball games, including the Big 12 tournament, plus uh, the local college teams, KU, MU, and K-State, they play a couple of times uh, in the regular season downtown. And then what else you have? You have maybe a figure skating event, a Monster Jam event. Uh, WWE occasionally will go to the Sprint Center once or twice a year. There aren't a lot of sporting events. And again, I understand that the Sprint Center, it's one of the busiest arenas in the country, and it's due to the amount of concerts they have. But I just hate to see a place, a very beautiful arena downtown that's in a great place right across the street from Power & Light. I think it just makes it so enticing for... You know, performers, their managers, or, or, or any sporting events to say, hey, look, uh, we've got to go downtown in Kansas City. I mean, this is a great place to have an event before or after events. Uh, a lot of people are at Pizza Bar or any of those uh, McFadden's, any of those bars uh, just across the street. Uh, and then they go to the Sprint Center and or uh, if you have the time for it, you, you'll also go to the bars after whatever event you just saw at the Sprint Center. I just would hate to see an op- a great opportunity go to waste with not having a pro sports team there. Listen, the Staples Center is packed with events. You've got the Lakers, the Clippers. Uh, I'm guessing LA has an arena football team. I, I've got to be honest, I'm not too familiar with their arena football situation. I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, realized that Kansas City got an arena team at uh, where the Mavericks play in Independence. But I just think that place is so valuable and so great that I would hate to see in 10 years, because it's been 10 years since Sprint Center has been open, I would hate to see 10 more years go by and we don't have a a pro sports team. I don't expect it. I know not many people expect it. But to me, people keep talking about taking the Royals and the Chiefs down. We just renovated those stadiums in 2009. Yeah, I know, seven years ago, but... Seven years, that's fairly young when it comes to a big structure like Arrowhead Stadium, the K. Those were recently renovated, and Jackson County taxpayers paid a lot of money to help make that happen. The Sprint Center, again, it's a fairly young arena. It it, it opened in, what, 2007? Broke ground in 2005? So this is an arena that you can still put it to good use. You got to put a pro sports team there. And I'm not talking about the Arena Football League, like the Brigade. I mean, with all due respect to Arena Football and the Brigade, I'm talking an NBA team or an NHL team. And I understand that good teams generally don't transfer. They they don't move. That's understandable. But, you know, you've got to hope for the best in some cases. Bring an NHL team that might be struggling. Bring a franchise from the NBA that's struggling one or the other or both if if it's feasible. If if you can still meet your needs to bring as many other sporting events uh, such as those college basketball games, maybe figure skating, uh, volleyball games. I know they also have uh, NCAA wrestling events there. 
uh, Monster Jam events, plus concerts, of course. As long as I, I think you can still meet those needs. Again, look at the Staples Center. It's one of the busiest arenas sports-wise, and they're still able to have uh, non-sporting events, concerts every now and then. I just would hate to see a, a place like the Sprint Center go to waste and not have a... Listen, it has the college basketball experience next to it. There's a huge sporting attraction. I don't know if I would say next to it. It's technically the same structure, the same building. How can an arena be 10 years in and not have its own sporting team, its own franchise? And again, I'm not talking about an arena league team. I'm talking about an NBA and NHL team. And even if it's a struggling one, maybe it's the worst NBA or NHL team. I say let's bring it. Bring them in. Let's see how how things go in terms of fan turnout. And, you know, sometimes you got to hope for the best. And maybe you'll, you'll eventually have bigger crowds as long as the team does better. I don't know if you, what you guys think about that. Let me know. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine21. You guys can tweet me at Farzine21. Or you guys can email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. All right, I, I spent a little bit too much on that, but I really wanted to get that out there because I always do feel that way anytime I go downtown for an event at the Sprint Center and I just think to myself, something's got to be done. There's got to be a sporting event that that the Sprint Center's got, got to try to bring a sporting team, excuse me, a franchise, bring them in and uh, g- give people more reasons to, to go downtown more often. All right, we'll come back. We'll touch on the Chiefs offseason, including one run stuffer the Chiefs picked up. This could really change things defensively and help the defense do even better. We'll talk about that next. Hey, fellow Chiefs fans, this is Morgan Gannam, the creator and performer of the Chiefs Anthem, Chop It Up. I'll be making a major announcement soon, so be sure to follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash official and on Twitter at twitter.com slash Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Zone. All right, let's talk about the offseason. It's the Chiefs Zone. Farzine Vesugian here on the podcast. A couple of quarterback notes. This is kind of interesting. You see this happen every now and then. Uh, a former player replaces another former player on your team uh, at another team. Nick Foles is replacing Chase Daniel in Philadelphia. The Eagles, this is kind of interesting. According to reports, the Eagles and Chase Daniel agreed to restructure their contract. And I guess shortly after this, uh, th- th- this had happened... The Eagles signed Nick Foles and cut Chase Daniel, which I've got to say that's unfortunate, but this is the brutal reality of the business. Uh, you know, you know, it happens sometimes. Teams get traded. Uh, look at, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on this later when we go around the NFL, but I mean, there are there are players who are just being shopped around nonstop. Uh, it happens in all of pro sports, unfortunately, and uh, sad for Chase Daniel. It's, uh, of course, a former Missouri product, uh, former Mizzou Tiger. And you, you of course, wish the best for him because he came to Kansas City. He gave us a couple of good games when he filled in for Alex Smith. And, uh, of course, a lot of people love him for what he did over at Missouri. Was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Came close to winning a Heisman at one point. And that, that was really where Mizzou was successful. They were successful for a couple of years uh, going into the SEC 
when they were in the early years with the SEC. Lately, not so much, but when Chase Daniel was there, I mean, that was when Mizzou and KU were really competitive and, of course, had a couple of uh, really great showdowns at Arrowhead Stadium. And by the way, i got to address this because I always mention uh, a, an NFL player uh, and I'll mention their college if they're from around here. I'll put an emphasis on that because, hey, look, there, there are a lot of KU and K-State and MU fans here. Um, but someone on the Facebook page, I, I mentioned on, on the Facebook page that uh, Nick Foles is replacing uh, former Mizzou Tiger Chase Daniel. And somebody on the Facebook page thinks that I was taking a shot at Missouri because I'm, a, of course, a Jayhawk. I'm a Jayhawks fan. Um I don't know, is me saying that Nick Foles is replacing Chase Daniel in Philadelphia and mentioning that he's from Mizzou, I, I, I guess apparently that's a that's a slight, as the guy like to use it. Uh, listen, if you're putting way too much emphasis on that, you're looking way too much into that. I mean, you're trying too hard to make something that's uh, out of nothing. I hate to give a hater a little bit of attention, but I did get a chuckle out of that, so I did have to bring that up on the podcast. But uh, if uh, if anyone was offended by that, I certainly don't apologize, because uh, I don't even know why you'd be offended, because I mentioned he was from Mizzou. If I rubbed it in, yeah, that's different, but I just mentioned he was from Mizzou. I do that with every player that is a former Jayhawk, a Tiger, a Wildcat, so... <laughs> If you look too much into that, um, I don't know. Take a break from social media, I guess. Uh, social media is already bad enough as it is. Uh, but uh, Nick Foles going on to Philadelphia. Jamal Charles did visit Philadelphia. And, of course, Doug Peterson is there. So uh, there's some familiarity there with a couple of Chiefs players. Nick Foles didn't play directly for. Uh, oh, oh, well, actually, he, he, he was drafted by the Eagles regime there. Uh, so uh, he was under Doug Peterson's system for a little bit in Philadelphia before Andy Reid was fired by the Eagles. So there's some familiarity there. Jamal Charles also visited the Eagles, has not signed yet, also did visit the Seahawks. But of course the Eagles one, I mean, that's one that a lot of people predicted because he does have that connection with Doug Peterson. Or pardon me, uh, yeah, Doug Peterson, who's now the head coach there, former offensive coordinator with the Chiefs, but still has yet to sign with a team. One player who did sign is Dontari Poe, signed a one-year $8 million deal with the Atlanta Falcons, and with incentives, if he does well, uh, bonuses, that that $8 million can go up to $10 million, which is pretty similar, and this leads us to who the Chiefs signed this week. The Chiefs signed a couple of players, actually. The Chiefs did sign Benny Logan to a one-year $8 million year, very similar contract to Dontari Poe's And he did come from the Eagles. I know what a lot of people are thinking, that this was an Andy Reid move. No, not at all, because he was drafted the first year uh, Chip Kelly was the head coach of the Eagles at the time, in 2013. So this is by all means not an Andy Reid move at all. So this was actually his first year playing under Chip Kelly as a rookie. So again, not an Andy Reid move for those who who may have thought that before. Maybe you just thought that because you just realized, you just heard what team he played for. For the first time, but really good run stuff, right? As a matter of fact, one of the better run stopping defensive players in the NFL. No Pro Bowls or All Pro honors to really show for it. And I, and I, I, I hate to pick on people for this sometimes. I know a lot of times with votes from the AP, 
Listen, the media doesn't always know who's worthy of being voted in because, yeah, sure, there are pro football focused stats out there, but a lot of times, even some people who are voters don't uh, don't recognize those statistics. Uh, people think they know who the best offensive line is in football. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know who the best, who the top five centers are, because no one does. Unless you're a scout like Mel Kiper or Matt Miller, you truly have no idea. Uh, the media can pretend like they know; they really don't. Uh, but if you do your research, of course, yeah, you you, you can you can find out anything. Uh, and from what a lot of a lot of people have found out about Benny Logan, this is a guy who has been one of the better run stopping defenders uh, in the NFL. In twenty thirteen, he played all sixteen games and started eight games into the season. Hit the final eight games of that year. Had two sacks, a fumble recovery. Two big run stops and a block kick, so definitely made his presence known his rookie season. He had two and a half sacks and two forced fumbles this past year. That's the most he's had in a single season. He started 13 games for the Eagles. As a matter of fact, the past three years, anytime he's been available, he has started. He played all 16 games in 2014. In 2015, he missed two games but started the rest of the 14 games. 2016, same story as 2015, missed three games, but the other 13 games he was available for, started all of them. So Benny Logan is a guy who has been heavily active, and when he is available, he is ready to go and start. So this is something Kansas City definitely needs without Dontari Poe. I think there was some concern because this signing happened before uh, Poe signed with Atlanta. So I think the Chiefs were curious to know, listen, we can't sit around and and wait for Dontari Poe. Dontari Poe visited the Colts. Uh, of course, uh, the new general manager there from Kansas City visited the Jaguars, uh, went on with Atlanta in the end, but the Chiefs could not wait around. They had to secure somebody and make sure they had a, a, a guy who could replace Dontari Poe to move on. And you just move on. I mean, you close the book on that, and you've got your player. And the Chiefs, I, I think they're, they're going to have a, a really good player. Is someone who Chiefs fans are going to learn to to love and embrace and and be impressed with really for 2017 one of the better run stoppers he's he's been recognized as one of the better run stopping defensive linemen in the nfl and that's something kansas city definitely needs help with and the numbers certainly don't lie for kansas city finishing 26th against the run and listen i i know against the pass kansas city wasn't bad 18th but the turnovers really made a difference for the Chiefs. The sacks and the turnovers, that's what allowed Kansas City to do so well defensively last year in terms of not giving up so many points. But you've also got to make sure you don't allow a lot of yards because that can also do damage to your team when it comes to time of possession. We saw that in the Tampa Bay game last season as well as the Tennessee game, which coincidentally both of those scores ended 19-17. to so Benny Logan, I think this is definitely a great move for the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, no, it's it's not a a guy like a Vince Wilfork. This is not your five-time Pro Bowl free agent signing. Not, not a splash like that this offseason. But it's a move that, one, is feasible for Kansas City. And it's a move that they can definitely afford. And something that they can rely on. Let's not forget... Chris Jones had a phenomenal rookie season as a defensive lineman, as a defensive end, might shift to the interior defensive line. Alan Bailey and Jay Howard, who've been very good for the Chiefs the past couple of years, they both suffered injuries last year, season-ending injuries, and they'll be coming back too. So this defensive line, 
Again, there, there, there's so much depth across this defense. A lot of great players all across the board. And I, I, I think if we're talking fantasy football, uh, why would you not pick the Chiefs defense as one of the first defenses off the board? I mean, if 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 the let's just say like in fantasy football, if you if there was a designated round specifically for defenses, you could not draft defenses any other round. And if you're drafting in the top five, uh, you'd be crazy not to take the Chiefs, especially now with Tyreek Hill and how good he is as a return man. I think that definitely adds value on fantasy football. But just specifically defensive, defensively, I mean, Eric Berry, he, he had a pair of defensive touchdowns last year. The Chiefs, uh, several other players scored a, a touchdown on defense. So this is a team, the past couple of years, they've made their money on so many takeaways, so many sacks, and defensive scores, and I feel like they've been kind of an underappreciated team. I know they haven't been a team that's made a big playoff run, but defensively, this defense has done everything to make sure Kansas City has not been blown out a whole lot since Andy Reid arrived here in Kansas City. Even in 2012, I think this defense, would, despite winning just two games, this defense did its job. It was the offense that just fell flat every single week. Now, the offense doesn't necessarily fall flat, but the offense definitely has a lot of room for improvement. But we're not going to touch on that too much on this podcast. You guys all know my thoughts on that. This is a defense that you know they're going to come to play and they're going to give it their best nine times out of ten. Of course, every great player or every great team will have their bad days, and this defense might have a couple of bad games, like they did against Pittsburgh in Week 4 on Sunday Night Football. Now, another move that should be discussed just briefly uh, Mike Person uh, unrestricted free agent signing for the Chiefs same day as when Benny Logan signed an offensive guard came from Atlanta was actually released in October has also been with the Rams the Seahawks the Colts and the 49ers has moved around quite a bit in the NFL drafted in the seventh round in 2011 came from Montana State so this is a guy who uh, definitely has been trying to make a name for himself wherever he goes so this is a guy who's going to be maybe on your practice squad, but has ways to go for the Chiefs. For the time being, you give him a shot, see what he can do in minicamp OTAs, and you hope for his case, you hope for the best, that he gets a training camp invite, and from that point forward, he performs well in practices and in preseason games, and Possibly punches his ticket to the 53-man roster or on the practice squad. So uh, that's something that remains to be seen. Mike Person, uh, not this this wasn't talked about a whole lot, but Mike Person, offensive guard, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's really your Chiefs offseason for now. Still no news on what the Chiefs are going to do under center. Tony Romo still with the Cowboys, hasn't been released yet. You kind of wonder if maybe the Chiefs are doing something, especially with how much they're limited with the cap. What they're going to do there, uh, I, I mentioned last podcast, a couple of mock drafts mentioning that uh, Deshaun Watson would be a guy who came in. Maybe Patrick Mahomes would come to Kansas City. Uh, a couple of mock drafts have had that for the Chiefs. So uh, there's a lot of quarterback talk, but at the end of the day, John Dorsey has been saying multiple times that uh, Alex Smith's the guy. I mean, Alex Smith's been endorsed by Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, and John Dorsey. But let's not forget, John Dorsey also said that he sees Jamal Charles being part of the team for 2017. Words don't mean much. Words to action means a lot more. And listen, you can't expect your front office to throw your quarterback under the bus. 
Because if you can't get a new quarterback and you're stuck with Alex Smith, uh, things could get awkward after you threw him, threw him under the bus. Uh, the way that maybe some of us might have been expected to. I think you could still say, look, we need improvement from that position. You don't have to praise the guy so much. But uh, listen, I, I think people need to understand. I think people get so carried away with a team's record. Uh, oh, well, they finished 12-4. and four. I, They don't need a new quarterback. So if we're going to talk about a record, if the Chiefs finish 12-4, and four, I, I, the logic makes no sense to me because then you, you might as well say that they don't need to improve on any position. They might as well just keep the same 53 guys for 2017. I mean, that's never happened in the history of sports to have the same exact roster moving on from the ne- to the next season. You just don't have that. Uh, even the Patriots, a team that came back to win in the Super Bowl, they're still trying to find ways to improve. They, I mean, they're looking to find ways to make their team better for the following season. Even even champions do that. So every single team, all 32 teams, are trying to find ways to improve themselves. Whether you're the worst team in the Browns or the Super Bowl champions and the Patriots. Regardless of your record. And, and listen, I think we can all be honest here. Forget about stats. The 15 touchdowns and the five, 8 interceptions. The eye test is an easy one to admit that Alex Smith was not the reason why he won 12 games. Not a lot of moves offensively for the Chiefs other than Mike Person signed uh, CJ Spiller, another another notable signing uh, before free agency opened up for the Chiefs or for the NFL, I should say. Uh, Other than that, not a whole lot with the Kansas City Chiefs. However, there has been some crazy news around the NFL, which is next. Man, this is one of the crazier stories I have heard in an NFL offseason. Darrell Revis, as some of you guys had heard, was involved in a fight last month in Pittsburgh. Uh, He was charged with aggravated assault and other counts, according to reports, on February 12th. Uh, Two men were punched and knocked down in this case. And the two men testified on Wednesday that they didn't know who hit them that night. During cross-examination, the men said that they did not know, they did not uh, think it was Revis who threw the punches, even though they originally told police that it was. Now, it came out Wednesday that the charges against Darrell Revis had been dismissed. The New York Jets had already released him because they had heard this. Ian Rappaport is reporting that... Unless a team is willing to pay Darrell Rivas more than $6 million, he will play for another team for a minimum. Why? Because the Jets still owe him the $6 million due to offsets. This is a bad move by the Jets. This is why you should have waited for the whole thing to be complete before making a decision. Now you have to pay a player who's not even on your team $6 million. If I'm Darrell Rivas, I go play somewhere else for the minimum and I'll still get the $6 million from the Jets. And look, if I'm Kansas City, if I want to try to improve this defense even more, have Marcus Peters as your number one corner, bring in Darrell Rivas, make him your number two corner. And listen, you've got a lot of great guys in this secondary, and more specifically at the cornerback position with Mitchell, Steven Nelson, a great slot corner. I think that can really go a long way for this defense. So if I'm the Chiefs, I explore this move. I go after Darrell Rebus. Why not? 
Andy Reid takes chances on guys who may have gotten in trouble, and I say that with Revis because we really don't know the full story. May not be the case, so uh, this is, I, I think, a great opportunity for the Chiefs to bring a guy in for very cheap. And again, with the cap situation, this would be a great move. Why not? Let's do that. And by the way, I gotta say, I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about shopping players around. The Cleveland Browns traded for Brock Osweiler from the Houston Texans. And that draw up uh, some speculation that Tony Romo would move on to Houston. Lo and behold, the Cleveland Browns just traded for Osweiler. Now they're looking to retrade him. Listen, the same thing with Matt Castle and the same thing with Brock Osweiler. Just because a guy backed up some all-star QB doesn't mean they're the best. The Chiefs jumped the gun way too quick on Matt Castle. Of course, that was kind of a Patriots move with Pioli coming over. The Texans, over what, six, seven starts, went so crazy. They gave uh, Osweiler a $72 million a year uh, deal in four years. That's ludicrous. I, I just can't imagine that. Last thing I want to touch on in this segment, why is Jimmy Garoppolo so highly valued? I, I just said, let's not make a big deal out of guys who are backing up some elite players like Matt Castle and Brock Osweiler. What does Jimmy Garoppolo do? He only played a couple of games for the Patriots last year during Brady's suspension. Let's not go crazy over, what, a 3-1 and record? without Brady and he played a little bit against Kansas City in that Monday night game when the Chiefs blew him out and forced Tom Brady to hit the bench this guy has no value I know Colin Cap uh, or, uh, Colin Kaepernick Colin Cowherd suggested the Chiefs trade three pro bowlers and a first rounder for him maybe he's high on Grappolo, but man I, I don't know what value there is in, for trading for him what do we know about him nothing let's go out of bounds All right, I know some of you guys probably have a busted bracket by now. You guys are all into this bracket. You, you're, you and your friends, your coworkers, you got, you've got all these brackets here. I'm not a big bracket guy. I'm really not. Kind of similar to fantasy football. And I'm not too privy of the whole FanDuel and DraftKings because to me it's like you you get a free pass each week. I like original fantasy football where... Look, if you have an injured player, you got to figure out what to do with that. And the whole FanDuel and DraftKings pretty much lets you cheat out of that, which I hate. And then with fantasy football, you have to rely on possibly maybe Derek Carr to possibly beat your own team just so you can win your league. I don't know. I haven't really been a big fan of that. For me... I'm not a big fan of brackets. See, the thing with fantasy football, people have five different fantasy football teams and put so much emphasis into this. Uh, People have five different brackets, and they put a different prediction or a different Final Four or or a champion for each one. Like, you're you're such a knowledgeable genius that you predicted 
five different champions. So if one of those five happen, you brag about it on your Facebook page and you take pictures or screenshots and you put them online. Yeah, no one's fooled. First of all, no one cares about your stupid bracket, okay? I truly don't care about anybody's bracket. I really don't. I have never bragged about my bracket. Unless if I had a perfect bracket, yeah, sure, I brag about that because apparently that's never happened before. Let me just ask this. What makes a bracketologist? All these people who uh, claim they know what's going to happen and they know about all the 16 seeds and the 15 seeds. They, they know. It's, by the way, it's really funny hearing people talk about other college basketball teams. Uh, they're well coached. They know how to move the ball. They know how to spread the ball around. Uh, they shoot well. Uh, what what are you informing people of when you say things like that? I hear so many generic things said about college basketball teams this time of year. It's obvious people don't do uh, their real research on these teams before they go on TV and talk about it and claim that they're a bracketologist and they'll help you win your bracket. Uh, please, again, I'm not fooled by this, okay? Uh, me personally, I'm not going to pretend like I know about the number 13 seeds, the 14, the, I mean, the, those teams. I'm not going to pretend like I really know who's going to break out and pull off an upset. I, I truly don't. Uh, I, I'm just not a bracket guy. I'm really not. Uh, I, I'm not big in sports gambling, the fantasy football all that. Call me a hater. Sure, whatever. Uh, I, I, I'm just not going to pretend like I'm going to listen to somebody and and really assume this guy truly knows everything about college basketball. Listen, I tr- all 68 teams, do you truly think Jay Billis? Do you think Jay Billis knows about all 68 teams? Hell no. He can pretend like he knows about it. Sure, he can do his research before he goes on air and, and talks about the four 16-seeded teams. Uh, but if I interview Jay Billis right now, and if I surprise him with certain questions about certain players on some of these small schools, I guarantee you he would not know what to say. He would say something generic. Oh, he knows how to move the ball around. He, he knows how to shoot well. Well, of course these guys are well coached. They're in the tournament for a reason. Um, I don't think it takes a genius to really be a bracketologist. Given what I see on TV and hear on the radio... Being a bracketologist doesn't really require a lot of rocket science minds, I guess. Uh, It's pretty simple. You just say generic things about the teams that you know nothing about or have never even heard of. And you can fool people by telling them who to pick in your brackets. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see five bracketologists uh, fill out their brackets. And then let's pick five people who know nothing about basketball. Or maybe don't even watch a sport. And I guarantee you, at least one of those non-sports people, uh, they might have a better bracket than a bracketologist. By the way, I love when people pick uh, whatever mascot is better or would win in a fight because apparently that's uh, that's a smart way to make your picks. I have no idea how that works, uh, but apparently it's worked for some people. I'm kind of curious. What if you go to like a Christian school or you're really religious? I mean. How could you pick, and if you're going to go with the mascot thing, how can you pick against a blue devil? That's what I'd like to know. And on top of that, I know I'm a Kansas fan, so uh, there are other Kansas fans listening. They might be offended by this. 
If you're going to be the mascot guy, how do you pick when it comes to a Jayhawk? Because let's be honest, a Jayhawk is, is an imaginary bird. It's not a real thing. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how you'd go with that. I, I've heard people compare a Jayhawk to a Pokemon, essentially. I mean, this is uh, people have the weirdest ways for picking which mascot is better. And some people have their picks. Uh, everyone's different. But listen, please do not fool me with your bracketology expert. If you get fooled by that, please burn your bracket now. Time to throw some penalty flags. Okay, I want to take a moment and touch on this subject because uh, if you're in Kansas City, you heard about uh, a girl named Toni Anderson who went missing. Uh, recently they discovered her body. It was a couple of months she was missing. Uh, they had no idea where she was. And there was some questions as to why the the police camera was not revealed when she was pulled over before her, before her absence, before she went missing. And recently they, they, they found out where she was and they interviewed her mother. And she had, at least according to these quotes that we saw in the newspaper, she appeared to have... She appeared to have closure, I guess. And people are very critical about her comments on social media. Listen, this woman who for two months had no idea where her daughter is and the media, of course, wants to get an interview with her. People are criticizing her and, and the media and the police. Listen, social media is a horrible place sometimes. It really is. Uh People need to be more respectful. A family just lost their daughter, uh, brother, sister, cousin, who, whatever. And people are, are just saying some of the meanest things on social media. And it, it frightens me. People making these kinds of comments and not being courteous that there's a family grieving right now. And what if this was your family? What if this was someone you loved in your family, really cared about, and people are criticizing making all these critical comments about a family a loved one that you just lost i think people really need to think before they speak especially on social media like there needs to be something on social media where it says are you sure you want to post this and then ask again to make sure is this something you would be proud of saying publicly people say a lot of stupid crap on social media and it's a shame to see how bad social media has become and with the, some of the things that people are saying on the internet not being courteous about other people too okay i gotta throw a flag to bill self here uh he made a comment recently kansas has been dealing with a lot the most recent story with josh jackson allegedly threatened the uh, women's college basketball player it, it, this thing is all sorts of messy uh bill self made a comment saying to the media, because the media continues to ask questions about the, the investigations that are going on, Bill Self says, I know things that you don't know. Let me just say this, as someone who went to KU, and if you've been to a four-year school where athletics is highly covered and talked about, and if, if, you, if you are a student or attended a school, or if you plan to attend a big school like KU, KCMU, you probably may come across this at some point, but you will know things that happened in the athletics department that the media doesn't know. Maybe even the coach. I'll tell you right now, I have seen play football players, KU football players, get in fights at bars and get away with it. 
and not suffer any consequences or not get suspended by it. And listen, coaches may think they know everything. There are a lot of things that happen that coaches do not know about. Look at the Baylor uh, rape allegations uh, going on there. I mean, the amount of incidents where where a rape had occurred from from the athletics department. And listen, I, I don't care who you are, even the biggest coach out there. The biggest coach out there cannot know what's going on with their players every step of the way. College basketball team, you got what? 12, 13, 14, 15 kids. On a football team, you got almost 100. There's no way of tracking down what your players are doing. There are a lot of things happening that you just do not know about. (laughs) Last flag. I don't know who to throw a flag to at this one. Mizzou has a billboard in Kansas City... Uh, it's a football billboard, and it says KC's college team. And UMKC put up a, uh, they took a picture of that, the basketball team that is, on Twitter. And then they wrote, we are still playing, hashtag KC's team. Okay, first of all, uh, this is a football billboard. Uh, UMKC doesn't have a football team. Second of all, I, I guess you can make the uh, contrary point on the other side that UMKC did beat MU a couple of years ago in basketball. And let's be honest, uh, with all due respect to schools like UMKC, uh, uh, gosh, I'm trying to Mid America, Nazarene, Johnson County Community College, uh, Baker University, some of those institutions I named, they've got some great athletic programs. But they just don't get talked about. They're not KU, MU, KC. I know UMKC recently won its first ever postseason game. uh, But until they make the NCAA tournament, the local media is not going to say much about UMKC. They're just not. And listen, uh, first of all, I'll throw a flag at MU because they're really not KC's team. They're not KC's college team. It's KU. Let's just be honest. It really is KU. Second of all, UMKC, listen, you're UMKC. Again, with all due respect to all these co- small colleges, more people in Kansas City care about KU, Kingston, and MU than they do UMKC. I don't even know what channel UMKC plays on. I really don't. Or, or I know they're on Sports Radio 810. That's really all I know about with UMKC. <laughs> That's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Come on. You know you're the smaller institution. More people are going to follow. Win an NCAA tournament game, maybe then have some bragging rights there. But for now, chill out, UMKC. Just chill out. That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefstone Podcast. I am Farzim Vesugian. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You guys can also check out the podcast on my website, FarzimVesugian.com, and on YouTube. You guys can interact with me on social media, Facebook.com slash FarzimVesugian. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine 21. You guys can also email me Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com Want to give you guys an announcement, an update I mentioned to you guys, I'm going to be doing an MMA podcast, The Cage Zone That'll be coming out later this month. I have picked a date March 31st, the final day of this month, Friday, March 31st. That is going to be the debut of The Cage Zone podcast. For those of you who are MMA fans 
be on the lookout for that. I'll, of course, post a link out. It'll also be available on iTunes, my website, and on YouTube. So you can have those three different facets to check out both the Chiefs on Podcast and the KJR. I'll still be doing the Chiefs on Podcast, so don't get me wrong. I'll still be doing that. I'll be doing two podcasts now. Uh, and again, you can catch them on iTunes, my website, FarzingVesugian.com, and on YouTube. Talk to you guys later. I'll be in Vegas this weekend. Hopefully the Chiefs can get some more off-season activity for me to talk about when I come back from my vacation. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy your college basketball. Talk to you guys later.